Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this today after the Hawks finally break out their losing streak and win a game at home before their road trip out west, out west, which begins in Phoenix tomorrow against a really good Suns team who was 7-4 to start the year. Hawks' defense was the highlight last night. Trey Young's mojo returns to him, and he looked happier than Austin Powers. Yeah, baby, yeah. And this is certainly a confidence-building win for the Hawks. We will cover it all after this plug from my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% Deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, 
is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Keys going into last night's game. Balance. Get John Collins his touches. Get Trey Young his shots. Ball movement. Spread attack. Offensively, shoot the three. Drive to the basket. Mid-range game. Triple threat. That's what I wanted to see last night, and I'm going to put a check next to that key. The Magic City Trio has to step up with the injuries on this team. I thought the Magic City Trio definitely did their thing. They definitely did their thing on a defensive end. And they did what they had to do offensively for them to get the dub last night. I wanted to see them push the pace. The 76ers were down in numbers as far as with the COVID and injuries. They were down to the bare minimum of men that were needed to play in an NBA game. So push the pace of the game to give the Hawks the advantage I'm going to put a check on that defensively. Challenge Joel Embiid down low, which Joel Embiid was still Embiid, but for half. I wanted them to be aggressive on the defensive end, close out shooters, protect the paint, take charges, compete. Whatever you need to do defensively to stop the 76ers, do it. That is a check. When adversity strikes, adjustments will occur. News flash, ladies and gentlemen, I saw an in-game adjustment last night, and it made me so happy. I don't think Lloyd Pierce listens to my podcast. If he does, shout out Lloyd Pierce. But I was glad to see an in-game adjustment on the defensive end, and it panned out for the Hawks and really changed the tune of the game early on. And I wanted to see them execute from start to finish and close out down a stretch. Wanted to see basically a, a complete team performance. I wouldn't say a complete team performance, but it was a pretty good performance that we got out of the Atlanta Hawks last night. Injury report going into the game. Available was Bruno Fernando, Kevin Herter, Tony Snell for the first time all year, and Trey Young, who had a wrist injury going into the game and Certainly did not affect him. As I said, he got his, yeah, baby, yeah, mojo back. Out for last night's game was Bogdan Bogdanovich with the right knee fracture. No diagnosis as far as how long he will be out. If it requires surgery or not, we will get that information more as the week progresses. Chris Dunn was out. Dilolo Gallinari was out. Oyeko Okongwu and Rajon Rondo. Starting lineup for the Hawks last night. Trey Young at the one. Cam Reddish back in the starting lineup at the two. No surprises there with Bogey out. DeAndre Hunter at the three. John Collins at the four. And Clint Capella at the five. Game flow. People were a little nervous to start the game as both teams had trouble scoring outside of Joel Embiid, who certainly looked like he was going to have a monster night like he did last year when he dropped 49 on the Hawks. And that would be the last thing this Hawks team needed from a depleted Sixers team is Joel Embiid being an absolute terror 
and setting up everyone else around him, which was happening early. Cuts into the lane from the Sixers, leading to easy baskets, were happening early in the game, and that has been a problem for the Hawks all season long, really stopping people cutting into the lane late, not really taking charges, having a tough time keeping people out of the paint. And all signs were pointing to a repeat performance of the last four games before last night for the Hawks. And the Hawks started the game shooting from the floor 2 of 11 through the 621 mark. But back-to-back three-pointers from Trey Young and John Collins kind of changed the tune of the Hawks offense going forward. DeAndre Hunter was being assertive and aggressive early on, getting to the foul line with four free throw attempts in the first quarter, continuing to show growth in his game in that regard. The second unit for the 76ers would come in and provide a spark as they got out to a lead, but defense from the Hawks bench, led by the energy and effort of Brandon Goodwin and some plays by Herter, would cut the deficit down to four going into the second quarter. The defense would start playing better late in the first quarter, would carry into the second quarter as the Hawks started packing the lanes, doubling Joel Embiid, which was a great in-game adjustment. And I truly commend the staff and LP for implementing this because an adjustment in-game is something that I truly hadn't seen from the Hawks since they tried to do zone and a couple other different things defensively in the Cavaliers game. And when it didn't work, they just abandoned it. They stuck to it this quarter, and this was the point in which the Hawks would take control of the game and never let go. The Hawks would open up with a 10-2 run in the second quarter. Hunter continued his assertiveness, getting to the free throw line. Hawks were getting into the paint, moving the ball, had great spacing. They were crashing the glass on both ends. They continued to do a really good job on the offensive end, I mean, they're the best in the NBA in offensive rebound, and I'm going to give you those numbers a little bit later. John Collins was hitting threes. He had three three-pointers before halftime. And as a team, they shot 38% from three by halftime, which is good. They were really humming offensively, executing, which was sparked by good defensive possessions and forcing tough shots for the Sixers and keeping them out of the paint. Trey Young's confidence would grow by the minute as the game progressed, as his three ball was finally falling. He was penetrating into the lane and setting himself and others up as he had 14 first-half points and added six assists. No answer for Joel Embiid, though, who had almost half of Philly's points by halftime with 24, and he added nine rebounds. But the defense of the Hawks would help them go on a run led by Trey Young in the offense as well. That was in rhythm, closing out the first half with a 10-4 run and outscoring Philadelphia 37-18 in the second quarter to go up by 15 at the half for a score of 65-50. to As dominating of a quarter as they have had defensively, crashing the glass, limiting turnovers, you know, great play from the bench, Active hands on defense with five early steals. And as I said, the key was push the pace on them, run. They were up 17-0 in fast break points by halftime and really taking advantage of the undermanned Sixers team. They would bring that same energy, hustle, and effort out of halftime and continue their great play on the defensive end. Trey Young started the second half aggressive, 
and on fire and helped his team to get out to a 22-7 run to open the third quarter. And they would outscore the Sixers 32-15 in the third quarter, and they would not look back. Great play on both ends of the court. Everyone was contributing for the Hawks, stifling defense, pushing the pace, and they were able to empty the bench, including the season debut of Tony Snell, who got some minutes down the stretch. And the Hawks will close this one out, winning 112-94 to improve their record to 5-5. Five and five. And they got a much-needed win as they end the four-game losing streak. Team stats, Hawks shot 37% from the floor. So not a great shooting night, but defense was their calling card. And they would shoot 38.6% from three-point range. So a really good night from behind the three-point line. Philly shot 40% from the field, but 22% from three. Really forced a lot of outside shots, and they were just not falling for the Sixers the entire night to our benefit. Hawks attempted 27 free throw attempts. They were very aggressive all night, which I like seeing. And they shot almost 78% from the charity stripe. They out-rebounded the Sixers 58-50 to with 14 offensive rebounds. And early on, as I said before, they are one of the best in the NBA in offensive rebounding, which is outstanding. They average 12.2 offensive rebounds per game this year. Number one in the NBA, as I said. And this has and will continue to pay dividends for the Hawks, especially with second chance opportunities leading to second chance points. Seven steals tonight for the Hawks as they had really, really active hands. Eight turnovers total from the Hawks. Best offensive game in that regard of the season. Lowest number of turnovers. I've seen great job. And they still missed a lot of open shots, which I feel like they're definitely going to fall. They're definitely going to fall. But I love the turnover number low. They won fast break points. 21-2. Dominated in that regard. Only 13 team fouls for the Hawks. They did a great job of defending without fouling last night. And he had a lead at one time of 35 points. So, great performance from the Hawks. We're going to go into player stats after this plug for Bruise Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement. And it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes, back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it. For free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back 
going into the 76ers stats, as I said before, Joel Embiid scored all 24 of his points in the first half, and he certainly looked like he was on pace to score 50, with obviously all the players out for Philadelphia. He scored those 24 points on 8 of 17 shooting from the field. He was 1 of 4 from the 3-point line and went 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He added 11 rebounds and a block. They got production out of their three rookies, Isaiah Joe, Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky, who scored 39 points in the previous game, and Dakota Mathias. Joe, who Mr. ATL Player Development was fond of, is a terrific scorer, had 18 points off the bench, knocked down four three-pointers in 28 minutes, added four assists, two rebounds, and two steals. Tyrese Maxey cooled off this game, but still scored 15 points, added six rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. And Dakota Mathias added 14 points, four assists, and two rebounds. And he was really lethal from the corner three last night. Former Hawks, Mike Scott and Dwight Howard took the floor for the 76ers, but they have both seen better days. Scott only scored two points was pretty bad from the field, going one of seven, and missed all five of his threes. Dwight Howard scored seven points on three of eight shooting, added one three-pointer, grabbed 11 boards, had two assists and a block. For the Hawks, Trey Young must have ate a Snickers bar because he played like himself last night. His shot returned to him and all is well in Looney Tune land. He has played well in his career against the 76ers. The last five games, he has averaged 31 points a game versus Philly. Now, Trey didn't get to 31 points last night, but could have easily if he would have played the entire game. He ended up with 26 points on 9 of 19 shooting from the field, went 3 of 7 from the three-point line, hit 5 of 6 of his free throw attempts, added 8 assists, 3 rebounds, and a steal. I was glad to see his confidence come back to him before this road trip. He looked happy. He looked like he was having fun. And it looked like the wrist did not bother him last night. He said it was a little sore post-game, but to have a game like that with a bum wrist certainly will help you get some confidence because we're going to need him to beat Trey Young through this West Coast road trip coming up. DeAndre Hunter continues to be consistent scoring for the Hawks, adding 15 points last night on four of eight shooting from the field, and he went one of two from the three-point line, also hit six of his seven free-throw attempts. He grabbed seven rebounds, including two offensive rebounds, dished out an assist, and added a block. Again, loved his aggressiveness, driving through the lane. His mid-range game continues to develop, and as I said, he was getting himself to the foul line, as you heard, seven free throw attempts last night. Continues to show growth in his game offensively, scoring in many different ways, and still being good on the defensive end. Keep it going, DeAndre Hunter. You might be in the conversation for most improved player of the year. So we'll see how that develops. Brandon Goodwin, another really good game off the bench. Season high, 15 points. On 5 of 12 shooting, went 3 of 7 from the three-point line, and hit both of his free throws. Also added 4 assists, 4 rebounds, and a steal. Goodwin's defense 
early on in the game really set the tone and turned the tide for the Atlanta Hawks. Kelly from the broadcast talked about the mentorship of Rayshon Rondo for Brendan Goodwin on and off the court and his impact on Goodwin. And I was going to speak on this, but now that they have brought this out, it's pretty evident that he's been working with Rondo. He kind of mimics a lot of his play, how he manages, how he sets people up, how he's really focused on controlling the pace, setting the tone, being the guy at the backup point guard for the Hawks. And it was just great to see. I want to see him continue to play like this, especially with Rondo being out, because once he comes back, his minutes will be cut. But if he can continue this confidence, if Rondo has to be out or rest throughout the year, Hawks fans can feel very confident about Brandon Goodwin coming in to spell Rajon Rondo or Trey Young. Now, John Collins only had seven shots again last night, but it's all good. They won the game, and with the performance as a team, I am sure he is not complaining about just getting seven shots, and neither am I. They were looking for him consciously all night, but... Everybody else was, you know, getting opportunities as well. And everybody else was being effective in their roles. John Collins, he scored 12 points on four of seven shooting. Similar to the other night, he attempted all three-pointers, though, and hit four of seven from the three-point line. Best three-point shooting performance of the season. Very encouraging, you know, for me to see this. I'm sure it's encouraging for him, the team. And scary for the rest of the league because we know what he can do rim running, getting putbacks, crashing the glass. But if he's hitting threes consistently, that's just going to further stress fours and fives that have to guard John Collins. And that means his confidence in this three-point shot is getting better and better game to game. That's scary for the rest of the league. Watch out. Because, as I said, if a team wants to limit him in the paint, fine. He will step out. And so out like Roscoe Dash. And he added seven rebounds last night and an assist. Clint Capella was back in double digits and posted a double-double last night. He shot four of 12 from the field and went four of six from the free throw line. Grabbed 11 rebounds. Added three offensive rebounds. And dished out an assist. Had a steal and a block. Clint Capella continues to be a force in the paint. Had his hands full to win Embiid last night, but did the best that he could because Joel Embiid is a top three center easily in this league, and he's going to be tough for anybody to stop. So I love the energy and effort and the aggressiveness that Clint Capella has in the paint. He truly sets the tone, especially crashing the glass on both ends of the floor. As I mentioned, number one offensive rebounding team in the league are the Atlanta Hawks. That is a lot in part to Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter gets in the action. Kevin Herter, very underrated as a rebounder as well. Everyone is crashing the glass, and they're all kind of bought into that. I like seeing that. Ken Reddish was back in the starting lineup, as I said. He scored 10 points on 3 of 8 shooting from the field, went 1 of 4 from the 3-point line, and he hit all 3 of his free throw attempts, added 5 rebounds and a steal, not the outburst of points the previous game that Reddish played in, but still did his thing. Still a really good defender. So we're just going to have to keep 
getting good performances out of Reddish. And hopefully his confidence can grow because he knows that Bogey is not going to be taking any of his minutes anytime soon. He can just continue to just progress here in his second year in the league. Kevin Herter added eight points off the bench on three of nine shooting and went one of four from the three-point line. And he hit his only free throw attempt. He grabbed five rebounds, including two on the offensive end, and dished out one assist and had one steal. Solo Solomon Hill added nine points off the bench on three of eight shooting and was three of seven from three-point land last night. Added eight rebounds and a steal. Another good game from Solomon off the bench. His production was truly needed. His leadership is invaluable for this team on both ends of the floor, especially on the defensive end. And he just always makes the right play when he comes in on that second unit. Really a stabilizer with Gallo and Rondo out over the last few games. Bruno Fernando got some clock last night, played better than previous games, only scored two points, but added five rebounds and two assists. And Nathan Knight, the rookie, added three points, hit a three, added three rebounds, an assist, and two blocks last night. My takeaways from last night. Defense. This is one of the best defensive efforts from the Hawks this season. They played with energy, hustle, effort, and executed after making in-game adjustments to what the Sixers were doing. This was very encouraging, in my opinion. I do not care who was on the court for the other team. This was something that I have wanted to see from the Hawks in recent games, and they finally got it. Making an in-game adjustment to help put the defense in the right positions to get stops. And those stops turn into offensive opportunities. They dominated in stretches last night. And it was a beautiful thing to see from the Hawks. Now I want to see it night to night. I want last night to be the catalyst to make this team more confident on that end of the floor. Bring that energy, effort, and hustle on a night to night basis. And it's got to be every single player that touches the floor, especially with how many players that we have out. Everyone must be bought into playing hard on the defensive end of the floor because we saw how it turned into offensive opportunities last night. And I know that they did too. And they watch film and they're going to see it. It wasn't like they shot crazy percentages offensively that led to them dominating the Sixers last night. The calling card was defense. And that should give them reassurance as to what is going to win them games going forward. Solo said, you're always going to miss shots, be in slumps, but you always have a chance to play defense. And they must buy in on that end in order for them to reach their desired goals. It's the little things that could lead into big things for the opposing team, like closing out on shooters. If you don't close out on shooters, they get more Open looks from the three-point line, they're going to more so make them than miss them. They would hope, you would hope not. Protecting the paint. Keep them out of the paint from getting easy baskets. Communicating to make sure everyone's in the right position. Effort. Hustle. Paying attention to detail. Those are the things that I and Hawks fans need to continue to keep an eye on. And the players need to continue to buy in on. Because if two or more of those things are not happening for the Hawks... Bad things tend to happen, i.e. four-game losing streak. And it also, if they're bad on the defensive end, it gets them out of rhythm on the offensive end because it 
gives them the mindset that I have to force something up because we're down. We're not getting stops. I have to score. It just puts more pressure on them. But when they happen, bad times, as, as I'm referring to, when they happen, the staff must continue to identify what is happening, make adjustments accordingly to help them generate stops, to help get the team back in the games, which was not occurring before tonight. They were just relying on shooting out of funks, outscoring teams. And in the end, you do want to score more points than the other team. That's how you win. But stopping them from scoring makes things a whole lot easier, as we saw last night. Offensively, love the ball movement. The flow on offense, even if they weren't shooting outstanding from the field, they were giving multiple people looks, spreading things out had good spacing that gives the defense for the opposing team more things to account for. They can't just rely on stopping one or two players or one or two actions offensively that they are running. They have to account for everybody on the, on the floor because everyone has the opportunity and the ability to score from all over the court. Last night, the Hawks were getting into the paint, which opened up clean looks from the three-point line. They got to the foul line. And because setting up people cleared up shot opportunities around the basket and elsewhere, it just made things easier offensively last night. The ball movement makes this team dangerous in the offensive end. And they executed very well last night, had limited number of turnovers. As I said, eight, their lowest amount the entire season thus far. Great offensive rebounding needs to continue for the Hawks, which I mentioned they're number one in the league. And there are great things that this offense already does. There are staples for this offense that need to continue to do going forward. The bench played very well tonight, especially defensively. They were the turning point in the first quarter and led them to dominate the second quarter and third quarter. Goodwin, who has played well off the bench the entire year outside of a couple games, continues to shine alongside Herter, who's been consistent off the bench as well this season. They will both need to keep this up with players out. And last but not least, I'm not going to go too deep into this, in-game adjustments. If Lloyd Pierce wants another year, keep that same energy. Keep making in-game adjustments to help this team be in positions to succeed. That is all. We'll move on. Hawk Suns. Now, as I said before, this win last night was a needed win for their confidence going forward ahead of this West Coast trip starting tomorrow when the Hawks take on the Phoenix Suns, who are currently 7-4 and four and third in the West in this early part of the season, behind both of the teams in L.A. Then they move on to play the Utah Jazz, who are currently 6-4 and four and fourth in the West. Finally, they conclude their mini West Coast road trip in Portland, who are also 6-4 and four and 5th in the West before coming home and playing the Timberwolves on MLK Day, who, although they're 3-7, and seven, they are certainly a team that we cannot overlook, nor have we been afforded the ability to overlook anyone because this is still the respect tour, and we're trying to earn respect game after game. The Suns are a very confident team with their bubble performance growth in their young core, and with the additions they've made this offseason, especially CP3, they are a team who was on the outside looking in last year, just like the Hawks. Obviously, we were a little further down, but 
Both our franchises are looking to break into the playoffs this season. The Suns, offensively, they are top 10 in the league in offensive rating and in the top half of the league in field goal percentage. Three-pointers made, three-pointers attempted, three-point shooting percentage, two-point shooting percentage, assist, and they are third in turnovers per game. Their bench is second in the league in made three-pointers behind the Atlanta Hawks. So, closing out on the three-point line will be key tomorrow night for the Hawks. They will certainly have to bring the same defensive effort and energy and hustle as they did last night to get the win if they want to beat the Suns at their house. The Suns are led by Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, who has had a great year this year and is improving game by game. In my opinion, he's the Suns' DeAndre Hunter. CP3 and their DeAndre, Mr. Ayton, the hometown kid, out of Phoenix by way of the Bahamas. Defensively, the Suns defend the three-point line pretty well as a team, and they hold opponents to a low field goal percentage. And they're sixth in opponents' points per game, so they will certainly challenge the Hawks and bring a lot of energy, effort, and hustle. The Suns are fifth in blocks, second in steals, but do not force a lot of turnovers. The Hawks, again, must match the energy and effort of the Suns. They must control the glass on both ends, be aggressive, get to the foul line as the Suns are known to put people on the foul line early part of the season. Attack the paint. And again, I cannot say this enough. Guard the three-point line. The numbers for both teams are pretty similar, so this should be a very entertaining and competitive contest tomorrow. I cannot wait. That game will be on, as it is in Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure you get some coffee, sit back, relax, try not to fall asleep. It's going to be hard to because I think it will be a very, very entertaining contest that's going to go wire to wire. So with that, that's all we have today. And if you love what you heard, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend and tell a friend. Tell your partner them, your grandpa, your uncle, your cousin, your auntie, whoever, about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap. Numbers do not lie. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and NBA basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at Hoopball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Twitter. And as always, yeah!